Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. I'm enjoying this Live It Out and Love series, and we've had a bunch of great communicators and speakers up here, and it's a joy uh, this morning to introduce Trisha Duran to you guys. Uh, Trisha and uh, Jeff have been with the church a long time now, and Jeff and Trisha, one of the things I loved was when we, we started, the, we did the discipleship school for a three-year run, and they were some of the first guys to sign up with us, thought that you know they would experiment with us and see if we could do that. But uh, it's, we had a great run with you guys. It was just a joy being with you. And uh, I found out that Trisha is a speaker for Bible Study Fellowship. I, did, I didn't know. And they said, yeah, I, we we're praying for her in the prayer room one day. And I said, how many girls are you going to be, ladies, going to be speaking to? She said, I think there'll be about 800 there this morning. And so week after week, she's speaking to these gigantic groups, you know. And I was like, well, man, maybe she could preach here on a Sunday. So y'all give it up for Trisha Duran. <laughs> Amen. I got unmuted myself. Hello, church. It is nice to be here. Um, I'm going to start by introducing my family. They are great. So there's a picture that's going to pop up. And the tall guy is Jeff. I get to be married to him. He is a captain in the Arlington Fire Department and um, does a lot of stuff besides firefighting things um, in his spare time. He likes to tackle the hardest projects, things that most people wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, this spring, he installed a septic system in our yard. Um, we needed a new one, and so he decided he'd do it himself. Um, he rented a backhoe or something, um, some big machine. And <laughs> it was a mess, um, but it works. It's great. Uh, he does all sorts of things. There's nothing too big or too hard that Jeff um, will not take the opportunity to tackle. So it's an adventure to be married to him and I'm glad to be married to Jeff and parenting these three kiddos. Um, so our oldest is Addie. She's to my, le- uh, to my right and she's going into eighth grade over at Alito Middle School. She loves being with her friends. Um, she loves competing with basketball and soccer. And we learned in the spring that she's a really good runner. So she competes, um, and, and really kicks tail at running. So we like that because we're really competitive. Um, but school is a good gig for her because it has friends and comp- competition and all the things. And, um, so it's neat. And then next we have Jackson. He is my most favorite boy on the planet. Um, he's going into sixth grade and also quite the little athlete. But I think, um, and he, he affirms that his first love is fishing. He loves to fish and will take any opportunity to fish. Um, or just even if he's not catching, he's happy to be fishing. Um, Laura is our little exclamation mark on our family. She is going into fourth grade and is just giddy with excitement that I uh, get to do this today. She's been excited for days, uh, more excited than I've been. Um, she would like to use a microphone um, for her whole entire life. And she also really likes um, babies. So she loves serving. If you have little ones, you might have met Laura in the nursery because she loves being in there. So our kids are just great. It's neat to be their mom. Um, we have a good time with our crew and besides wifing and mothering and just keeping up with life, I do get to help lead our local, um, one of the local 
Bible study fellowship classes. And BSF is a ministry that is near and dear to my heart because the Lord radically changed me um, and really taught me how to know him um, at BSF. So I've, I've, I just love um, the ministry and it's a privilege to get to serve and teach there. So um, we love our church too. We've been here for about eight years at Antioch, I think going on eight years or maybe a little over. And um, we have grown up here um, just in our faith and in learning how to walk with the Lord in relationship. Um, our family is just, we have great friendships and connections and community, and we just love our church, love this church. And it is such a privilege to get to teach you today um, because I really, I'm just a, a gal that loves to study the Word of God. I love God. I love to know Him and talk about Him. And and then to be given a microphone to talk about, like, your most favorite thing is a privilege and scary and all the things in between. So the first service, I had to picture them in diapers, but you guys get to not. Um, I, I'm less scared now. <laughs> so even though I teach over at BSF often, this isn't the same. Um, so anything new is, uh, you know, nerve-wracking. But um, I just love our church, and I love to talk about the Bible. So let me pray, and let's um, jump right in. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, meeting us here. Thank you that you are a God of relationship and love and that you care for your people. Um, thank you that we can know you. Thank you that you've made yourself known through your word and through relationship with us and through others. Uh, you are such a good God. Meet us today. In, this, in your name we pray. Amen. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, um, really verses 24 through 27, but that's the tail end, the conclusion of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Um, so, and to avoid us drawing our own conclusions about what Jesus is concluding in his teaching, I'm going to give you a little summary um, and some context to what's going on in what is commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so it covers Matthew's, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Um, so the crowd of people who Jesus is teaching includes his disciples that he's called, but also um, includes folks who have gathered to him. He's begun his ministry. He's begun to preach. He's begun calling disciples. He's been healing the sick, and people are attracted to Jesus. Um, and so they want to know him. And, and so there's a group or many crowds just following him. So he sits down and he teaches this group of people, some who will remain with him and some who will not um, respond in faith and following Jesus for all of their days. But there's this group of people and he starts off by telling them what kingdom people look like. So those beatitudes um, are not a list of things that we're to be doing. Those are a list of things that describe who God's people are. All right, and this is who Jesus, Jesus' disciples and who Christ's followers, who God's children are. The Beatitudes, um, they are um, meek and righteous and merciful and kind, and they're salt and light. Um, so Jesus is telling, telling the group, this is who my people are. This is what kingdom living looks like. And then he moves on to addressing the law. Now, they would have been familiar with the law um, and the, all of the the governing rules of their society as um, people in the culture and, and specifically the Old Testament, the Torah, the beginning of the Bible, the law of God. And so he takes this law and there's been some rumblings that maybe like Jesus is on the scene. So maybe the law no longer applies anymore. And we don't have to do all of that stuff. And Jesus just really says, hey, the law's still on. 
still applies. We're still a go. But he takes some of the ones that they're very familiar with, and he, he really just teaches them that the law still applies, but he takes it to a whole nother level. Um, and that it's not really about how, what you do and don't do. It's the matter of your heart. Um, so for example, murder. The law says do not murder. All right, check. We cannot murder. But then Jesus says, but murder really begins with anger, um, which is an internal thing. And so... Don't be angry. Don't be angry with your brother. Don't hold on to that. Um, go and do things that lead to peace. Um, bring peace into your world rather than sitting on anger, which then can grow um, into then maybe murder. I don't know. Um, and next, he talks about adultery. He says, don't commit adultery. So, okay, I won't commit adultery. But what about lustful thoughts or just being dissatisfied with your spouse or looking at others in an inappropriate way? And that's that's the inward behavior that um, leads to adultery. So Jesus is really teaching them, um, I'm not interested in you managing your behavior outside. I'm interested in you tending to your heart and being faithful internally. Um, he is after our hearts, pure and righteous hearts. And then he talks to them. He gets a little personal with them. And he, in chapter 6, starts um, touching on some of their rhythms of worship. Um, these are people that would have been giving to the poor and fasting and praying and tending to things on a regular basis as regular rhythms of life. And he's saying, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you giving to the poor? Why are you fasting? Why are you praying? What are you after here? Um, what's motivating that? Is it because that's what people do? Or is it motivated by love for the Lord and a pure heart um, for the Lord? And he's saying, don't do these things if it's motivated by outward things and by cultural expert expectations or even the expectations of the religion. That's not what he's after. He is after our hearts. And all that we do with him and by him and for him is to be motivated by our love for him and our heart for him. And then he goes on, and he's just touching on all sorts of things. He says, don't be judging others. Just tend to your own heart. Look at your the own your own state of being. Walk rightly with the Lord. Turn to the Father. He is good. He loves you. He takes care of you. Um, walking rightly with the Lord is the only way to life. That is the narrow gate. And he's talking about the narrow gate and the wide gate. Um, and he's not giving them more requirements to earn salvation. He's not giving them stricter law to manage their behavior. He's telling them, this is what kingdom living looks like. This is what it looks like to be mine, to be my child. That's what the, he, we are, when we are his children, this is what we look like as he grows us up and works out our salvation. And so he's telling them, seek heavenly reward. Seek affirmation from the Father, not outward affirmation from mankind or just the cultural norm. And he's looking at our hearts. And so at the very conclusion of all of this teaching that he has just laid out before them, and it would have been hard for them to hear. It would have landed and, and caused some, like, they got to work some stuff out um, because always they've just been taught, like, uphold the law, do right things, avoid what is wrong, do good, don't be bad. Um, and he's saying, there's more. I'm after your heart. And so in light of that, look at verse 24 of chapter 7. In light of all of these things, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew, and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. He's saying, those who hear my teaching, those who hear the word of God and live it out, put it into practice, are wise. Their lives are built on a firm foundation, and they will withstand the storms of life. And even more importantly, they'll withstand the judgment of the Lord. And those who hear the word of God and don't live it out, don't put his teaching into practice, are foolish. Lives built on shifting sand, short-sighted, They will not withstand the pressures of life, and they will not stand up on the day of judgment. And this audience that he's talking to would have kind of sat there like, who are you to tell, you know, like, who are you to say these things to us? And we kind of have to ask ourselves, too, like, why do we take seriously the word of God? Why do we take seriously the teaching of Jesus and everything that he says? Why do we need to take this and do what it says and live it out? Why? It's because it's the word of God. It's the word of the creator and sustainer of all the earth. Um, He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is our master. He's our ruler. He is our holy and righteous judge. He is the eternal God himself. And he has given us this scripture. And we live it out. It changes everything. So what I want you to take away today, if you remember nothing else, the character of God is a firm foundation for life. Because he is that rock. He's the rock that we build our lives on. He is our firm foundation. He is unchanging. He has never changed and he will never change. He is eternal God. And I can say that with confidence, that life built on, a, on him alone is a firm foundation because I spent a lot of my life um, on a shaky ground, um, a foundation of good behavior, um, I grew up in church, and I was really good at obeying all the rules and avoiding all the bad stuff and just looking like a good Christian girl. Um, I was good at that. I knew the Bible. I memorized a lot of Scripture. I have trophies from memorizing Scripture as a kid from vacation Bible school competitions. Anybody ever had that? They don't even call it vacation Bible school anymore. I don't know. It's like kids camp or something. But hey, Memorize scripture. It's good stuff. Um, but I had trophies um, for, so I was really good, y'all. Um, I was baptized at a young age. I was just, I mean, I'm just telling you, this, no matter how good I looked and how good I was at being good and not doing bad stuff, it was a shaky foundation. Um, I was very, very, very insecure. I couldn't understand why I would be insecure. What do I have to be insecure about, Right? But if you've ever been to the beach and you've stood on the edge of the water and you've got your feet on the sand and then the waves come in, right? And then when they go back out, what does it do? Takes the sand right out from under your feet, just sucks it out of there. Um, A life founded on good behavior is just like that. 
It's just insecure and messy. Um, there's no way we can hold it together well enough. And I couldn't. Um, you know, just stuff would happen and, and no tightly, no matter how tightly I had a grip on my behavior, um, you know, I would mess up all the time, obviously. Um, because I didn't know the God who I was trying so hard to please and obey. I just didn't know him at all. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and as I grew up, my insecurity grew into fear, um, a lot of fear. And I spent a lot of my young adult years really gripped by fear. Um, one of my earliest memories of being afraid, um, well, like, I mean, you're scared of stuff as a kid, but like terrified where I couldn't function, um, was in college. And I went to Baylor. And I went to Baylor. Come on! The Aggies would have been going nuts. Um, let's go, Bears. So I went to Baylor, and my parents lived in Waco, so when, which is where Baylor is. So when my roommates would go out of town for the holidays, I would stay in our apartment um, because that just what, that's where I lived. Um, but then the nighttime would come, and it would get dark, and, and I could not sleep. I was so scared. And so I would sleep with the lights on, every light on, so that there would be no shadows. And I would sleep with the TV on so that there would be no unexplainable noises. And I would just lay there with my eyes open. I was just convinced that if I closed my eyes and wasn't looking, something bad would happen. And I just couldn't sleep. It, it doesn't make any sense. Fear is like that. It's very irrational. Um, but it was hard. And I would avoid um, dating I didn't, oh, never mind. I would avoid dating anybody that had like international business or somebody that might would be traveling a lot for their job because I didn't want to be alone. Um, and I married a firefighter. And I don't know if you know what that means, but he works shifts. So 24 hours on, 48 hours off. I did not want to marry a firefighter because I did not want to be alone. But I married Jeff because I wanted to marry that guy, and he is totally worth it. Um, but it was really hard to spend nights alone. I mean, he's great. I couldn't choose anything better. And I love life as a firefighter's wife. But those nights alone um, are our normal. It's our normal rhythm every third night. Um, and that was really hard, especially early on. We got an alarm system for our house, and that took care of some of the external things I was afraid of, but certainly didn't deal with what was going on. Um, I was afraid of a lot of other stuff that I don't really want to tell y'all about, but I'll tell you that a few years into marriage, we moved to Granbury, and um, when we were in Granbury, we, um, I intended a woman's study at our church, just a women's Bible study, and um, I did it because that's what Christian women do. It was just kind of the norm. I didn't question why or what for or what am I after. I just went. Um, that's kind of how I did everything. It was just what, that's what we do, um, without thought. And, and I'll never, ever forget the kindness of the Lord to me because even when my heart is not motivated by pursuing my God, He was pursuing me and He was after me because He's faithful and He is good. And I learned there in this little bitty room, I was sitting at a table, there were a few other women in there and we were talking about this study and I learned that God is a God of relationship that he wants to be known by me, that I can know God. That's huge. I mean, we can know him. He makes himself known to us. And I, that is, that's solid. And that's true. That is a firm foundation. And I wanted that. I wanted to know God like what I was hearing and what I knew right away. When you hear the truth, you just know like, okay, that's true. And I want to do that. Um, and 
having grown up in church, I knew the answers to how to do that were probably in the Bible, but I didn't know how to find them. I didn't know how to study. Um, I had no idea. I just knew, okay, I want to know God. That feels like security. And so about that time, a friend invited me to BSF and um, Bible Study Fellowship, BSF much easier to say BSF. She invited me to BSF in our class meets here in Fort Worth. So we drove up from Granbury to Fort Worth every week. Um, And I love BSF because it was there that no matter, despite that I grew up in church and had a Bible forever, it was there that God taught me how to know him and how to study his word. So the way BSF works is that there's um, content for the year, and that first year we were studying the life of Moses. So we started in Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, and over the course of about 32 weeks, um, we studied through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So you just like have a signed reading every week and then a lesson, and you study the scripture. Um, you dig into God's word to to find what you know what does he have to teach you and it was really hard because there was nobody giving me answers i had to think for myself and study for myself it wasn't fill in the blank it wasn't easy at all it was nothing like what i was used to and so um it was very hard to go but i kept going because i did want to know god and i also kept going because i had two little kids and i wanted out of the house sometimes um it's true So I I love what God uses to motivate us, (laughs) but hey, I was going for him. And so, um, so what you do, you do like you read your scripture, you do your lesson at home and answer questions over the scripture. And then you come back to class the next week and in a small group, discuss what you've learned with other people. So there's a small group of about 15 women. We talk about what we learned and then everybody, all the groups, all the ladies would come into the sanctuary and hear teaching over that same passage that we had studied and discussed, and now we hear teaching over it, and then we would leave with some notes or a commentary over that same passage. So very in-depth, very in-depth study, and I don't remember any of the details from that first year. I, I don't even know what I learned actually about like something specific about the life of Moses, but what I did learn and take away forever changed my life. Um, every week when we would come into the sanctuary for that time of teaching, the teaching leader would spend a few minutes of that time showing us um, attributes of God that are revealed through the scripture passage that week. Okay, so she would, we would have looked at scripture and I'm like, well, I didn't know that that's what God was like. I mean, I hear it when she says it, but over the course of that year, I began to look in the scripture on my own, like, okay, so what does this say God's like? And what's this say God's like? And forever, ever changed because I learned that we can study the scriptures to know God and to know what he's like and who he is. So we don't have to think, okay, so what's God like? Well, he must be like my dad or my parents or my pastor or some other really good person who is also a sinner. You know, like that's not at all. This is what God's like right here. Nothing else. And so um, I just that's a solid foundation to know who God is, and that's what he's like. Um, the next year at BSF, we studied the book of John. And so, again, just um, so blew my mind that the God revealed in the book of John and in the life of Jesus was the same as what who I had seen him to be from the Old Testament, um, the narratives in the life of Moses. And it's just, he, it's because he doesn't change. Same God in the Old Testament and the New Testament and today. He is eternal God. He doesn't change. 
He is forever. And that is why a foundation built on the character of God is a firm foundation. Because he doesn't change. He is solid rock forever and ever. And he is revealed all through scripture. And we can know him more and more and more. And there's no end to knowing him. You can read a scripture for two years in a row and new things about our Lord come out because that is who he is. And when we know who he is and we know what he's like, changes how we respond to him, changes how we live, changes how we love others. Um, and it just, everything is changed when our firm foundation is on the character of God. When we hear his word, we have a choice. Do we do what he says? Do we put his words into practice or do we not? We do have a choice. And I spent a lot of my life choosing not to put it into practice. I just didn't even think about it. I didn't even know I had a choice. I didn't take Jesus seriously. I didn't take God seriously. I didn't take the word seriously. I didn't have relationship with him. I didn't know him. I had a foundation on my firmly held beliefs, on my performance, on cultural and religious expectations. That was my foundation. So it was very shaky. My view of scripture was, okay, so I have all these firmly held beliefs, and I'm going to use scripture to justify them, to to fill in and firm up my foundation that I had created. But that's not at all what we are to do with scripture. That is not a right response to the word of God. A right response to the word of God is this is true and we align our lives to the word of God. We put ourselves under the authority of scripture. Every bit of our lives, every bit of our thinking, every belief, every action, everything under the truth and the authority of scriptures. That is a life firmly founded on the character of God, and that is the life he intended for us to live. And let me tell you, it's a process. So it was 12 years ago when I heard for the first time that God is a God of relationships. So it's been a process, and it will continue to be a process. Anybody that spends any time with me knows I still am a sinner. Like, I'm sometimes, Jackson is shaking his head. (laughs) My kids know, they know, um, I know it, um, mess up often. Uh, And that is the reality. But God is always working out my, my salvation. He is always undoing lies, always undoing things that I have firmly believed and thought were true. And then I'm like, that's not what scripture says at all. And then you gotta take that and let him work that out. Um, but, What it looked like in my life, what it's looked like in my daily reality is, remember how I was this seemingly solid, good Christian woman, but scared to death, right? All right, so then after I began to know who God is, I would lay in bed at night, and instead of terrified of what was going on over here, um, I would think about who God is. And so um, it's very simple and basic, but I could never, ever forget my ABCs. And no matter how scared or stressed or anything, ABCs are in there. Thank you, kindergarten. But I would think of God, um, attributes of God that start with the letter A, and then B, and then C. He's creator, he's deliverer, eternal, father, glorious, holy, immortal, and just work my way through the alphabet of words that describe God. And often I would fall asleep before I got to the end of the alphabet because rather than spinning out in fear 
and being gripped by that, reining my mind and my thoughts back under what is true. And, and God is unchanging, so he's a firm foundation. Sometimes I would just pick a letter and try to think of 10 or 20 words that describe God that start with just one letter. But that was just kind of a basic thing that God used to change my whole entire life. And a really, um, a tool that can apply to any circumstance. So whether it's conflict facing or, um, dealing with fears in your life or job loss or insecurity or, um, you know, like something's going on and your kids are facing something really hard and that's beyond my control. But who is God? Who is he? He is faithful father. He loves my kids. Um, so I can use the ABC attributes of God and think on who God is no matter what life um, throws my way. Because life is hard, right? Life happens all the time. There's pressure, there's tough stuff, um, but God is unchanging, even when our world is constantly changing. The character of God is a firm foundation for life. So I would encourage you to begin making a list of words that describe God found in Scripture. You'll fill pages, pages and pages and pages. And if you don't know how to study Scripture to know God or to discover who he is and what he's like, um, I would say start with Psalms because they're short and pretty easy reading, um, or maybe the familiar stories from Genesis. Um, but read a section, a small section of scripture and then look at that scripture and go, okay, what does this scripture say about people and what does it say about God? What does it reveal about God? Who is he? And then what, how does that look in your life? Anybody can ask these questions of Scripture. This is a simple thing um, to help. And just anytime you read Scripture, what does it tell you about God? What does this word reveal about our Lord? Um, and because we do have a choice, and when we take Scripture, we do have a re- choice of how we respond. We want to respond rightly because we know who God is. He is who this reveals Him to be. So we want to respond rightly to him, um, not just outwardly obeying the rules, not just modifying our behavior, but because our heart's affection is for the Lord and because we know who he is, which causes us to love him more, which causes us to want to know him more, which causes us to love him more. It's just this upward cycle of awesome. Um, and he is good and he is, he is knowable and he is a God of relationship and he wants you to know him. So he's not going to hide himself from you. You go looking to know God, you will find him and you will know him. He will make himself known to you. Um, if you don't know what this looks like in real life, ask somebody. Ask someone that's in your life that you know is walking with the Lord and has been. Ask for help. Ask him to teach you and show you what does it look like to walk with Jesus. One of the things I love about this church is we're not just hearing teaching from Scripture, but it's practical application, what does it look like to walk with Jesus? Um, this summer, me and about 80 ladies from church are reading this book. It's called Wholehearted. It's not a girly book. See, man, boy on the cover. So it is not just for girls. It's for everybody who wants to know the Lord and wants to have a relationship with the Lord. So it's called Wholehearted. It's by Rick and Diane Buescher. And this book is very user-friendly and very practical full of tools and equipping to help you to live and walk out and tend to your heart in relationship to the Lord. So it's super good. And that's one of the things I love about our church. It's just like, this is this is what we do, and this is how we can do it. There's always someone willing to walk alongside you. Um, 
there are life group leaders and ministry team and pastors, and just know that if you want to know the Lord, if you want to meet him and have a relationship with him, he's not going to hide himself from you. And very likely, he will give someone to walk alongside you and bring you along because he is just that good. He is a good father, and he knows what we need. So if you're on the um, worship team, come on up, and ministry team, come on up. And you guys stand up. At the end of every service, we always have time to respond to God. What does he have for you next? Maybe you have walked with the Lord for decades And you've just forgotten a little bit who he is, so there's not a lot of excitement there. Maybe revisit who is it that you're walking with? Who is it that you serve? Who is the God that your heart adores? Um, Maybe you don't know him at all, but you want to, because he is who I've said he is. He is who this scripture reveals him to be. No matter where you are, what you need, don't leave without having someone pray with you. Um, You can come up and get someone on the ministry team to pray with you or find someone next to you, but don't leave without getting prayer. Um, Don't leave because he wants to meet you.